What's up, everybody? Man, super excited to be here. We're starting a brand new series today called The Legacy of More, that as we are launching into this new season of the church, we're understanding that what we're called and created to do, it's not just live a life, but leave a legacy. That God has some great things in store for us, and man, I'm really excited about today. Last week was incredible. How many of you were here? last Sunday. Man, so, so good as we've shared the testimonies of everything God's been doing. We talked about the sale of our Matlock building, how we've been praying for that, and God worked that out. We talked about the acquisition of our new North Campus and how God blessed us with that. Then we talked about the whole land swap situation, how God turned 36 into 46, and free roads and infrastructure and debt-free 1.5 million. Come on, somebody. We talked about how our pig payment is getting handled. Man, it was an incredible, an incredible Sunday, and really all glory to God. All, all glory to God who has done exceedingly abundantly more than we could ask or imagine. Last week was incredible. We had 976 people in attendance. That's great. And dude, for just having one service, those are like real legit numbers. There's no double count. Some pastors be counting like online views in their Sunday attendance and stuff. Those are like souls in the room. Man, it was an incredible day. We served some giant pizza for my wife's birthday. Happy birthday again. Baby, I don't know if you got that giant pizza, but it was good. Man, such a fun, fun week. And it feels for me that as a church body that we're stepping into a new season. And all throughout the Bible, when God's people stepped into a new season, there's times that he would give them a new name. He would rename a man or a woman as they stepped into a new season. He took Abram and renamed him into Abraham and Sarai. He called her Sarah. Then Jacob, he wrestled with God and he renamed him Israel. Then we look at Saul, a guy who was killing Christians, who got called to be a pastor and his name changed to Paul. And as we're stepping into this new season, man, we last week announced that Living Church is now more church. And so if I mess it up, like Pastor Whitney said, it's been 12 years, so just yell at me, more church, right? If I mess it up, help me out, but we're stepping into this new season. And so I'm real thankful for the team that was just up here and talked about how we can promote on social media. Thank you for those of you that have already been doing that. I, I was literally blown away all week as I would open my feed and I saw literally dozens, hundreds of you guys, we just screenshot a couple, that were saying posts and talking about what God was doing. Thank you for not just attending the church, but being the church. For understanding that, you know, when I was growing up, if you wanted to invite someone to church, you would have to go and knock on their door and give them a little card. But now we have this gift called social media that, that yeah, maybe the devil's on it, but who thinks that God's people should be on it too, doing something to advance God's kingdom. And so thank you for those of you that have already been uh, posting and talking about it. It's really important. It's important to let our city know uh, that we didn't close. Because like we sold our Matlock building and then tore the asterisks down and took the sign off and people were like, man, what happened to Pastor Trustin leave? Like what happened to living church? No, we haven't closed, but we're stepping into more. And man, I couldn't, I couldn't be more excited. Y'all got to wake up this morning. I don't know, I don't know what's going on if y'all got tired or sleep. Oh, I know. It's the time change. Okay, let me, let me, let me, uh, pa let me pause the sermon because y'all got to help me today. I'm about to preach. Did you know that energy is a choice? Energy is a choice. We think, we think that energy comes from sleep. But if you take a nap and you wake up, aren't you a little bit more groggy? We think that energy comes from food, but how do you feel after Thanksgiving dinner? Energy is a decision. 
And so today, let's choose to have some energy in God's house. All right. All right, now I'll preach. Now I'll preach, now I'll preach. So last week we gave out, I think, a thousand free t-shirts. Easton already showed it up. And so, but I want to read to you what the back of the t-shirt says. It says, there's more for your family, more for your future, more for your friends, more for your life, more for your walk, more for your mind. We believe there's more for your calling, more for your faith, more for your world, world, more for your heart, more for your purpose, and there's more for you. So you ask yourself, how do I invite someone to more church? You just tell them that. You look at their situation, what they're carrying, and saying that God has more for you, and we're going to watch some incredible things happen. Last week uh, on Wednesday, I got to go to our youth service at the new North Campus, and our student ministry announced that their new name is More Youth, and man, it was an incredible night. Uh, We had close to 200 people there for the youth. Guys, the, the building is already too small. Who knows that's a good problem to have, that we're already running out of space to be able to reach teenagers, and if I could, I just want to prophesy for a minute. Can I, can, I, can I do that? I can't wait until we have thousands of teenagers coming on. Thousands, plural. We, we have five high schools, and we have seven junior highs. Do you understand that that's just in Mansfield, not even Arlington or Midlothian or Burleson or where people are coming, that I can't wait to see God keep reaching all generations here at Moore Church. You know, we serve a God of more. He's a God of expansion. He's a God of more. All throughout the New Testament, the book of Acts, it talks about the birth of the New Testament church. And it says time after time in Acts, they added to their number daily those who were being saved. It says that they multiplied, that the multitudes started coming in. And when God writes to us about what a healthy church looks like, it's a church that's expanding. It's a church that's charging towards more. And so as we've been in this year of Jesus, talking about who Jesus is, looking at his teachings and his encounters, just a few weeks ago, I told the parable of the great banquet. We brought out the big table and the bounce house and the thing. We talked about how Jesus was setting the table and that if there's room in heaven, there should be room in our church. And so our job is to compel people to come in. And like Pastor Aaron said, Easter's five weeks away. We need to remember that we are called to compel them to come in, that we're not going to be satisfied until all men and women know about Jesus, that we are called to reach more people. And so with everything that's been happening, all the blessing, as God blesses, we have to readjust what our plans are. We have to look at what God's doing, and then we have to uh, shift our plan to look at what he's bringing into alignment with us. And so today... I just want to talk with you about a couple options. My heart is that as a church, you would be informed. We're congregationally informed. I want you guys to know where we are in the process of everything that's happening. And so today I'm going to give you three options, and maybe there's more, but right now there's three. Uh, And I want you to be sensitive to that things are still shifting. So I want to give you information, but then I don't want you to get so stuck on one idea that you get mad if God does something else. And so I'm just telling you, here's some options, because obviously we do not own this building. This is not a long-term permanent solution for more church to continue meeting in. And now as he's opened up provision for us, we say, okay, God, what is it that you want to do? So here's three options. Number one is we 
run at the 46 acres as fast as we can and we build a bigger building there. With all the projections of things that we're doing, we're looking to build at least a 60,000 square foot building. And so I'm excited about that. I can't wait to get into that project. But as we look at the timeline, is that what God has? Next. We have to put roads in that property. We're going back to the drawing board architecturally. So we're looking at at least a year before we can even break ground and then possibly a two-year build time. And do we really want to be here at the pig for another three years? I don't know. Maybe that's what some of our team shouted no. Maybe that's, what, maybe that's what God has. I don't know. So one option is that we aggressively move towards building on the 46 acres. A secondary option is that we find a pre-existing structure somewhere. A, uh, uh, a big box store, a warehouse. I've been trying. I've been looking. I tried to buy a 24-hour fitness. They, they want $12 million because it comes with a franchise. I don't want the franchise. I just need the building. I tried to buy big lots. I was talking with the big lots people, but they just signed another 25-year contract. So if there's any big, big lot executives, let me get that building right quick. And so uh, maybe there's a warehouse. We were looking at a warehouse, but sometimes God answers prayers through closed doors. I wanted it, I wanted it, I Jericho marched at all the things and it sold for way more than we were gonna be willing to pay. And so that didn't work. Maybe there's another church. Maybe there's a church building that's out there in our proximity that they, uh, that they know that their building is a tool for the kingdom and that they're not filling it. And so maybe there's a, a church that comes available, but I've been working hard to try to find a pre-existing structure and haven't found one yet, but maybe it's out there. So God, people of more church, if you have an idea, let us know. So maybe we build on the 46. Maybe we find a pre-existing structure. But then there's a third option. Uh, on Valentine's Day, uh, I took Rachel and the kids to Istanbul Grill. It's a little uh, Mediterranean joint off Cooper. And so uh, I'm there eating lunch. And so I uh, get up and go to the bathroom as one does, right? And so I get up and I'm in the bathroom. And while I'm in there, God speaks to me. <laughs> and the reason that I give you the setup is because sometimes God will speak to you in moments that you're not even asking. Okay. We think that God can only speak ah, right in these moments, but when you're really in a relationship with God, he'll just talk to you when you have a moment of silence. I'm in a moment of silence and God's like, hey son, I got something. And this idea drops into my mind and I think, what if we just built an auditorium at the North Campus? We have six acres there. We have a 13,000 square foot building that would be perfect to house our kids' ministry. What if we just built an auditorium? I'm standing there peeing. Sorry if that's too much information. <laughs> sorry, sorry. Rachel, my, I apologize. Yeah, and so, sorry. And so, I'm standing there washing my hands, right? And I think, I think okay, what, what do we actually have here at Willie Pig? We have an auditorium, we have a tiny lobby, and the worst bathrooms you've ever seen. Ladies, I don't know if you know, the, I haven't been in the ladies' bathroom here, but fellas, the bathroom in here, if you're over like 180 pounds, you can't even fit into the urinal divider. What? Like, you gotta stand back eight feet for the, and so like, so like, this, this building is not that fantastic for like our consistent needs. And so what if on that six acres that God gave us, we just built an auditorium. What if we just put up a metal building with a lobby and a bathroom and an auditorium, and then that allowed us to get out of the rat race of set up and tear down, 
It allowed us to take the three-year time to build on the 46 acres. I think you can tell which direction I'm kind of leaning, but, but, but I don't know. I, I don't know. There's a lot of due diligence. We've already had some meetings and conversations with the city. We've got some stuff set up with Tarrant County. There's a lot of things. We've got to itemize that full budget to make sure that it makes financial sense to invest there before we build over here. I, I don't know. So what I just want you to do is to be praying for me. Be praying for me, be praying for our staff, be speaking life. But God has something big, and when he blesses, new options become available. And so, man, we're going to continue to explain where we are and talk about what the process is. Um, but who knows it's good to have options? Yeah. It's good. Like, with blessings sometimes cause other uh, issues to navigate, but I would much rather have a bunch of options than none. And so, man, God is good. He's on our side. He's up to something big here at Moore Church, and, and I'm excited about it. And as God is blessing, we're committed to be good stewards of what he blesses us with good stewards, that we're going to have a plan in what we're doing, that we're going to receive wisdom and try to operate in wisdom, and we're going to be submitted to accountability, that with every dollar that God brings into this house, we have a plan, we submit it to wisdom, and surrender to accountability in what God's doing. And the things God has given us, we're going to manage and invest the best that we can. We're going to do our very best to push the ball for the kingdom down the court, and as I've been thinking and chewing on all of these different pieces, and as I know we're in the year of Jesus, a story came to mind. A story that Jesus told that sounds like a story you've probably heard, but it's a parable that doesn't get a whole lot of play because it sounds like another parable. And it's found in Luke chapter 19, verse 11. I just want to read some of it to you today. It says, The crowd was listening to everything Jesus had said. And because he was nearing Jerusalem, he told them this story to correct the impression that the kingdom of God would begin right away. So Jesus is saying, hey guys, you got some time. There's some time before I return. There's some time before I come back. And he says, you need to take full advantage of the time that you have left in your life. And he says this. Here's the story Jesus tells. A nobleman was called away to a distant empire to be crowned king and then returned. Before he left, before the king left, he called together 10 of his servants, and he divided among them 10 pounds of silver, saying, invest this for me while I'm gone. The king says, hey guys, come here. I'm gonna give each of you one pound of silver. There's 10 guys, 10 pounds of silver. I'm gonna give each of you one pound of silver, and what I want you to do is I want you to invest this while I'm gone. So as I looked back this week, that one pound of silver was equal to about three months salary, a quarter of a year salary. And so if you make $40,000 a year, it'd be like getting $10,000. If you make $100,000 a year, it'd be like getting handed $25,000. It's not chump change. And the king says, I want you to invest this for me while I'm gone. The king says to the servant, I'm going to give you something and I want you to invest that thing. Yeah. Verse 15, while he, after he was crowned king, he returned and he called all the servants to whom he had given the money. He wanted to find out what their profits were. He wants to find out what's happened with his investment that he gave into them. Verse 16, the first servant reported, master, I invested your money and made 10 times the original amount. Come on, that's a good investment. 
10, 10 times the original amount. The person, the servant trusted the king, was obedient, invested, and saw increase. That's more. Verse 17, the king says, well done, the king exclaimed. You are a good servant. You have been faithful. You've been faithful, 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 full of faith. Faith is believing something even though you don't see it. Faith is taking a step even though it's scary to make an investment. He says, you have been faithful with the little I entrusted you. So, listen, you will be the governor of 10 cities as your reward. He's, the, he's now the, he was a servant who had literally one pound of silver, and now because he was faithful, he's allowed to be the governor of 10 entire cities. That's what I call increase in his life. That's more. That in this moment, he was stepped into more, but really what that one pound of silver was, was a test. The king said, I'm going to give you just a little bit, to see what you do with the little bit. And if you do the right thing with the little bit, you'll be entrusted with more. That then God says, I can trust you. Verse 18, the next servant reported, servant number two, master, I invested your money and made five times the original amount. Well done, the king said, you'll be governor over five cities. So he didn't have as much increase, but he still had increase. And so the king gave him five cities because he knew that's what he could handle in his managerial skills, that he could manage five, not 10. So he gave him those five. Verse 20, but, sometimes there's a bad but in the Bible, but the, the third servant brought back only the original amount of money. He said, master, I hid your money and kept it safe. He played it safe. He played it safe. He only did what he could see. He didn't step out in faith. He only did what he could comprehend. It says, and kept it safe. Verse 21, I was afraid. He's fearful. Fearful to invest. I was afraid because, here comes the excuses, because you are a hard man to deal with. Because really, king, you're the bad guy. Right. Taking what isn't yours and harvesting crops that you didn't plant. This servant is making excuses. He's blaming the king for his lack of investment. So there's two different groups. The first guy, he invests and received 10, 10 times the increase. Second guy invests five times the increase because they were faithful. But then you have the third guy who played it safe, right. who operates in fear and makes excuses. Verse 22, look what the king says. You wicked servant. Ooh, it's a bad day for that guy. You, you wicked servant, the king roared. Your own words condemn you. If you knew that I'm a hard man who takes what isn't mine and harvests crops that I didn't plant, why didn't you at least deposit my money in the bank? At least I could have gotten some interest on it. The king's saying, you lazy bum. You've been a scrub. You know I'm about more, but yet you didn't do anything with the things that I gave you. Verse 20, I'm scooping some manure this year. Verse 24, then turning to the other standing nearby, the king ordered, take the money from this servant and give it to the one who has 10 pounds. 
So the one guy who had one pound of silver turned it into 10. The king says, take the one from the guy who didn't do jack and give it to somebody who will actually invest it and do something with what I've given them. They're, they're, the first two guys, the first two guys, they obeyed God. They trusted, they invested, they saw increase and they were told, well done. You with me? Five things. They obeyed, they trusted, they invested, they saw increase and they were told, well done. But the third guy, he played it safe. He operated in fear. He made excuses. He saw no increase and he was called wicked. Well done, wicked. Faithful, fearful. Investing, hoarding. Jesus is drawing a contrast of these two different men that we need to pay attention to. Verse 24, Jesus goes on, take the money from this servant and give it to the one who has 10 pounds. But master, they said, he already has 10 pounds. Always going to be some haters. Verse 26, yes, you're right, the king replied. And here's the whole reason I'm telling the story. And to those who use well what they are given, even more will be given. And to those who use well what they are given, even more will be given. But those who do nothing, even what little they have, it will be taken away. To those who use well what they are given, even more will be given. I've got it big on the screen. To those who use well, who do a good job with the things that God already gave them, what, what they are given, even more will be given. We pray, God, I want more. God, I want more. God, bring increase into my life. God, bring blessing. Give me a raise. Give me a new job. Give me a business idea. God, let this investment work out. Y'all know you pray that because I do. God, God, bring me more. Well, 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 God tells us right here that those who operate in godly obedience with what he's already given, then the floodgates of heaven will be open over our lives. So, as we celebrate what God has done in this house, I want to teach you how to do the same thing in your house. Because the open heaven that I stand under and, live, and more church stands over is accessible to you. The, the question that you have to really ask yourself is what are you doing with what you've already got? God, give me more. God, give me more. God, give me more. God, open. God, give me more. Give me more. And God's up there going, what are you doing with what I've already given you? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Are, are we using well the things that God has already placed into our hand? And I'm not just talking about using it well for your investments. I'm talking about using it well for his investments. Jesus, he starts this parable by saying the kingdom of heaven is like. So in the story, the king is God and we are the servant, but we get to pick which servant we want to be. The king has given something to all of us. And what are we doing with the things that the king has given? Everything we have comes from God, y'all. All of us have been entrusted with some silver. All of us have been trusted with something. And what the story teaches us is that we have to examine how we're managing what he already gave us. Do we invest in the kingdom of God Help them get it, Lord. Do we invest in the kingdom of God or do we play it safe? Or are we full of excuses about how the church wants is my money? All Walmart wants is your money. We want something for you, not from you. 
are we making excuses? Are we being obedient? The question is, what are you doing with what you've already got? So more church is a blessed church. We're living in God's blessing. And let me, let me just tell you why. There's three reasons that we're living in God's blessing. I shared the testimony last week. You can't deny that God's favor is upon what we're doing here. More church is blessed because number one, we trust God. We trust God. We move in accordance with what he's saying. When God told us to charge, we charged. He told us to buy land that we couldn't see and couldn't afford, but we bought it because he told us to charge. We're moving in accordance with God's will. Then when God told us to wait, we waited. And, you know, Aaron, you remember when we did charge? I was tired. I was tired. I was fatter than I'd ever been. I was unhealthier than I'd ever been. I was worn the junk out, and God said to charge. And even though I didn't feel like charging, we did. Then, start working out, start taking some vitamins, all the things. I start feeling better. I start feeling powerful. I got my squat back in the gym. Come on, baby. And then God tells me to wait. I'm like, no, God, I'm ready to charge. And he says to wait. God will call you to do something that it doesn't feel like what you want to do. But when you trust God, you will do the thing that he's called you to do. More church is blessed because we trust God. More church is blessed because we have order here. We have order. We have a plan. We have a strategy. We've built a budget. We operate within some accountability and some structure. We make projections for what the future holds. We create some systems of how we're managing things. And it's not just with our finances, it's everywhere we create systems. You know, God is a God of systems and structure. When God told Noah to build the ark, he didn't just say build a big boat. He gave him dimensions and floors and strategies. When he told Moses and David to build a tabernacle, he didn't just say make something cool. He gave them literal down to the inch dimensions of what to build. Our God is a God of structure and order. And so we have order everywhere. We got a safety team that creates order. Over in kids, they help create order. We run background checks on anybody who's involved in uh, next-gen ministry. We have order. We have curriculum that our kids are walking through, so they're not just getting taught whatever somebody feels that day, but we have an order for what they're going to be learning. We have a, a strategy to reaching teenagers. There's some order. We have an assimilation process for people who are new. If you're new, you go to the tent, you get an invite card, you get a connect card, you get invited to party with a pastor. After party with a pastor, you have the opportunity to become a partner and you get invited to a life group or to a ministry team and a staff member or volunteer. There's an assimilation process. We have to have some order to step into the more that God has for us. We have an order. Before anybody's ever allowed to teach a Bible class, they've already been a greeter or an usher or a safety team or setup team. I can't tell you how many times people come to a church and say, Pastor, I'm called. I want to teach. I want to teach a Bible class. I'm like, I don't know you. <laughs> we don't know you. There's an order here that we have a strategy and a structure of building relationship before we put people in charge of things. We all want more. We all want more. But could we handle open heaven? Could we open could we handle more if God gave it to us? If God gave you a 25% yearly financial increase, what would you do with it? God, if I, if I win the lottery, if I win the lottery, God, if you won the lottery, you'd be broken three years. 
not all of us, but sometimes Christians, we pray these silly prayers without actually paying attention to, do we have order in our life to handle the blessing that God brings in? Okay, they're getting a little, some of them are getting mad at me, Lord, but I hope they know I love them. Okay, so more church is blessed because we trust God, because we have order, and number three, because we give. As a church, as a church, we give. We give to be biblically obedient, and we also give so that I, as the leader, will stay postured in a position to see that God's in charge, not me. That it's not about my wisdom, it's about his leading. And we don't talk about it a whole lot, but we give to a lot of places here. We give to Vivid Church in Lexington, South Carolina with pastors Alan and Amanda Kendrick. We give consistently. We give to Freedom Life Church in Rowlett with Pastor Caston and April Huddiston. We give to Jackson Sandiford, he's the Youth Alive Director, and he goes in to reach our public school system. We give to Scuba International Christian Assembly in Scuba, Japan, Chris Carter. He came, we bought this dude a bunch of bounce houses so he can go over there and reach people far from God. We uh, are purchasing water wells through Speed the Light in Kenya, South Africa. Because sometimes you don't just show up talking about Jesus. Sometimes you meet a need and then talk about Jesus, and we're doing that there. We give to a mission school in Africa. This, this school's been trying to get a building for 10 years. They've been doing basically set up and tear down to run an education system, and then, live, and then more church came along and said, we got you. Because we're investing in something that's not going to come back to us. We give to Wayne and Christy Northup in New Orleans at Saints Community Church. They're the church we bought the roof for, $40,000, that we invest in a big way in them. We give, who's the next one? I think I got my order wrong. Oh yeah, I love this. We gave to John and Andreana Luna. They are Moldova missionaries who are serving Ukraine refugees. Now, now I wanna show you how good God is. A year ago, uh, Pastor Whitney and Pastor Rachel went and spoke at a conference. And in their session was this missionary lady. So they built a relationship and her and her husband came and visited a church on a Sunday. We built a relationship. And so God had us investing in missionaries in Ukraine before there was even a conflict. So it's not like conflict popped off and we had to start saying, who can we help? God already set up the relationship. We've been investing there. So as you give to more church, you're meeting needs in war-torn countries because this is who our God is. Put up the next one. We give to Jimmy Abrams, uh, who's a missionary in Durban, South Africa. I'm gonna go see him here in just a few weeks. Next one. We give to uh, the Hymn Center here in Mansfield. Here in Mansfield, we have people come in to more church that have a financial need or they need food or they have a struggle and we have a relationship that we invest monthly into another ministry. We don't have a food bank yet. We don't have a homeless ministry yet. We don't have some of these things, so what we're doing is we're adding horsepower to wheels that are already spinning. Put up the next one. We invest in the Mansfield Mission Center. They have a big uh, donation process that you can go and get clothes and, and resources, and we're investing here locally. I think last is John and Priscilla Bohr in Vegas. You know, Pastor John's a friend. He's came and preached. They're Anchor Hill Church in Las Vegas, and who knows, for a church to make it in Vegas, they need a church that can help support that. Because people there are not only not saved, they don't know how to give, they got all kind of stuff. We got wild people coming to more church. John got wild people. And so we're investing in a church planting at the gates of hell. That's what we're doing. But the reason, listen, 
The reason that I could stand up last week and talk about all that God has done is because of we've been managing well what he's already given us. Because we've been giving, he's opened up the floodgates of heaven. We're intentionally putting our trust in God. And I understand, I understand that in man's philosophy, what we should do while we don't yet own a big enough building, what we should do is tighten the purse strings and not invest. <laughs> what makes sense is to call all of these men and women and say, we have to stop giving because we have to do something here. But I understand the biblical principle that when we would invest in God's kingdom, he would open the floodgates of heaven over us. And this is what he's been doing. And someday, we won't just be giving other churches $40,000 to fix roofs. Some days we'll be providing entire buildings for other churches in difficult cities. Some days I'll be giving weeks of my life to go and help negotiate building transactions like we've done twice now to help bless other churches. We're gonna step into bigger things as we're faithful. The question is, for you, what are you doing with what you've already got? My microphone didn't break, I'm letting it set in. What, what, are, what are you doing in your life with the, with the little amount that you've already been entrusted? I've heard this my whole life. I've heard it said that if God can get it through you, he will give it to you. If God can get his blessing through you, he will give it to you. Let me read my verse again, Luke 19, 27. The king replied, And to those who use well what they are given, even more will be given. To those who use well what they are given, even more will be given. I like what Chris uh, said. Uh, Chris said, Pastor Trust, what kind of Dr. Seuss invention do you have backstage? I said, I'm about to, I'm about to show you today. The, the scripture says, listen, to those who use well what they are given, even more will be given. If God can get it through you, he will give it to you. Did you know that our God has an unlimited supply of blessing? God has an unlimited supply. Now someday, we're gonna have a stage that can hold a forklift, and I'm about to be doing props y'all can't even comprehend. I, I, I'm still, I'm not in the more of my prop capacity yet. I went to Tractor Supply, and this is the smallest one they had. They had like a 300 gallon, I was like, someday. And so, God has an unlimited supply in heaven for us. You know that we have serve a good God who wants to give us blessing and he wants to provide for us? And so what God does is he looks at us and he says, hey son, hey daughter, I love you, I care about you, and so what I wanna do is I want to open the valve of blessing into your life. And God says, I want to provide for you and for your home and for your children and for your mortgage. And God says, I love you, so I'm going to give you some more. But then the silver is handed away. We receive the gift that God has. And then we're given an option. We're given an option to understand that we are not only called to be receiving for us, but we are called to be giving. And the question is, what are we doing with the valves? 
Do we live our life only with our valve turned on, or do we ever make an actual cognitive decision, a choice, not an emotion, a choice, to say, hey God, I'm gonna turn off the valve for me, and I'm gonna turn on the valve for you. And we say, God, I'm gonna trust that you have something great in store for me. And when God looks at us, and he says, look at what they did with what I gave them. I said yes, I blessed, oh, that's heavy as a mug. (laughs) I provided. God says, I blessed them. They were obedient to give something to me. They, They returned, they were profitable with what I gave them. What God then says is he says, I'm going to give them more. He's going to give us the capacity to hold more than what he did in the first place. And see, it's just a little bit more. It's just a little bit taller. It's just a little bit more capacity. But God says they were faithful with little, so now I'm going to entrust them with much. And God says now I can pour more into their life. And he says, but hey, son, are you going to be obedient to me? Are you going to give to me a little bit more than you gave last time? What What do you have for me? And so what we have to do is we have to make a cognitive decision again. I know you got a raise, you started a new business, you got an investment, you sold that piece of property, grandma died and left you a blessing, right? That you have to say, okay, God, I'm gonna believe that you have something great in store for me and I'm gonna make a decision to tell you yes. Do you see the process here of what's happening? That, that we say yes first and then God, that was heavy, blessing is heavy y'all the anointing is a heavy burden it's, it's heavy to be obedient and so we say okay God I, I, I see what you're doing I see the pattern and then God says okay son okay daughter I need you to trust me I need you to trust me to say the valve is off in your life for a little while that your church is in a season where I need you to intentionally pour out and it's scary It's scary to turn that valve on big. It's scary to say, hey God, I'm gonna trust you in a greater way than I ever have. Because the most I ever gave was this much, was this percentage, was this amount. But God, I feel like you're telling me to do something great. And let me just tell you what God does. Remember in the story that after the king was gone for a while, he came back, he called everybody. He says, it's inspection time. I'm going to make an inspection of who's been faithful with what I've given them. And when God sees that we can be faithful with the little that he's given us, the Bible says that God's going to open up for us the floodgates of heaven over our lives. And God says, I'm going to fill you up with so much blessing that you're not even going to have room enough to store it. God's going to give us blessing beyond we can comprehend. And I know it's a little cute illustration, but can I tell you that the Bible promises that we can live under an open heaven if we'll be willing to turn on the valve to give something to him. But, but we, we get scared and we don't trust and we hold on to every pound of silver that God gives and then we pray God bring me increase bring me increase bring bring me increase and God's saying but what about my kingdom what about my kingdom can I tell you that God has an unlimited supply I got 50 gallons it's going to run out in just a minute but God has an unlimited supply in heaven to bring blessing upon you and upon your family that God wants to do more in your life than you could even ask or imagine the, the question that we 
we, we have to ask ourselves is what are we doing with the valves? What are we doing? Do we live with this one open on us all the time and never turn it off? When's the last time we said, you know what we're going to do? We're going to not buy the brand new car. But for this season, we're going to invest in God. When's the last time we said no to going out to eat because we wanted to stay in budget? God, you got you to gotta encourage me because they're mad at me. They're mad at me today. When's the last time we were at the mall and we didn't buy the shoes that we wanted to buy because we wanted to be obedient to what we knew God had told us to do? Living church is living in blessing because we trust God, because we have... Thank you. More church is blessed because we trust God, we have order, and because we give. And if you've been praying prayers for a decade and you don't see the increase that you believe God has for you, maybe it's because you have a valve issue. That if all we do is say, give to me, give to me, give to me, give to me, but we're never obedient to give to the Lord, then we haven't been faithful with the little that God's given us. Are you taking full advantage of what you've been given? I'm not just talking about for your investments. Like, listen, make investments. Go buy some Bitcoin, I don't know. That's not only from the Lord, Bitcoin might be a disaster, I don't know, Rachel's buying some, stresses me out. You wanna invest in Facebook, you wanna invest in Amazon? You think Eli Musk is a genius, you wanna go buy some Tesla stock? I don't know, go, 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 and, make, go and, and make some investments. But are you investing in the kingdom of God? Because can I tell you, there's no better place that you could invest in than in God's kingdom. There, there's no better place because he's the one who has unlimited supply of provision. But many times as Christians, we end up just letting it flow into our lives. And then when it gets full and it starts to overflow and becomes wasteful, God says, well, that's all they need. If he can get it through us, he'll give it to us. The reason God wants us blessed is so that we can be a blessing. This, this is not, um, what is it called? Uh, pastors be preaching. This is not prosperity gospel. Prosperity gospel is like a bait and switch of the Bible. We're not talking about that you have to do this and God guarantees this. I, I, sometimes you will be obedient in one area and God will bless in another area that has nothing to do with money. Has nothing to do with finances. I'm not preaching prosperity gospel. I'm preaching biblical obedience and that God wants to be our good father and provide for us. But blessing, blessing is associated with where you're planted. A, 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 a tree, a fruit tree, has the capacity to produce fruit dependent upon where it is planted. If you put it in bad soil, it's not gonna be able to grow anything. And, and I think that it's pretty obvious as you look at the track record of what God's been doing here, that more church is good soil to invest in. That if God is blessing us, then he's gonna bring blessing into your life. The silver in Jesus' parable, it all came from God. And because the first servant invested and was obedient and multiplied it, he was allowed to then lead 10 cities. 
God has more for you, more for your career, more for your health, more for your children, more for your business. And if you don't like what I'm preaching, that's okay. Come back in five years and I'll show you the testimonies. Come, come, like really, really. You might be mad and be like, I'm not going back to that church. That's okay. Every time I preach on money, people leave. That's okay. I'm used to it. I've been in the game a long time. I know what it is. But there are people that will make a life shift and adjust the valves, and in five years, they're going to be running businesses that they never even understood. So if you're mad, just come back in five years, and we'll show you. Because we've, we've already got fruit. It's already happened here over the last 12. That there are people sitting in this room living in God's blessing because eight years ago, they invested in a way that they didn't think that they could. We've got to remember where it comes from. Because when we remember where it all comes from, it becomes a lot easier to actually invest it. But when we're arrogant enough to think that we're our own provider, <laughs> then we don't want to let it go. Because I worked so hard. I pulled myself up by my bootstraps. Did you? Or did God open a door? Or did God sprinkle some favor onto your situation? God, please help me. Please help me to never tell the story of more church that I did it. I didn't do this. I just said yes to go and walk into weird rooms and say things that God asked me to say. There's a scripture in the Bible that pastors preach all the time when it comes to finances. I've preached it in depth, word by word. We've done a whole study over this. Uh, we even had it on the back of our offering envelopes for a while. It might still be there. I don't know. But before I read it to you, I wanted to show you a silly video compilation that we made that I think uh, illustrates uh, what it is. So y'all can just play it. I'm gonna keep talking. This is a dam that's been closed. And this dam had been closed for years and they finally opened the floodgates. And when they finally opened the floodgates, the blessings started pouring out. The provision started coming. That There was somebody who turned a knob. There was a valve that was opened and when the valve was opened, power came. You see it? You get the imagery of what I'm showing you? Let me read the verse, Malachi 3.10. God says, bring the whole tithe into the storehouse that there may be food in my house. He's talking about his church and the place where you get fed. I hope I'm feeding you. The place where you get fed is your storehouse. God says, this is shocking scripture. God says, test me in this. He says, I'll be your huckleberry. Test me, sucker. God says, test me in this, says the Lord Almighty. And see if I'll not, here's why I showed you the video. See if I'll not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing, there will not be enough room to store it. God says, I'm gonna throw open the floodgates. And I've preached this verse lots of times. But it's not until this season of More Church with a testimony that I shared last week that I've ever really felt the floodgates of heaven open my life. But as I was sharing even last week and Pastor Whitney and I were telling the story, I'm shocked at what God's done in the last 12 months. But the reason that God can open the floodgates of heaven is because we tested him. Verse 11, God says, I will prevent pests from devouring your crops. I'll give you protection. And the vines in your field will not drop their fruit before it's ripe. He said, I'm going to teach you timing. I'm going to tell you when to charge. I'm going to tell you when to wait. I'm going to tell you when to buy and tell you when to sell. I'm going to tell you when to invest and when to not. 
I'm going to tell you when to ask for the raise and when to just chill. God's going to teach you timing, says the Lord Almighty. Verse 12, then all nations will call you blessed, for yours will be a delightful land, says the Lord Almighty. Then I'm going to make you governor of 10 cities. Then I'm going to give new responsibility to you. So all morning, I've been asking you some questions to wrestle with. Let's hit a recap of the questions. What are you doing with what you've already got? Are you taking full advantage of what you've been given? What are you doing with the valves of finances in your life? And then are you willing to trust him and test him? Are you willing to trust him and to test him? If he did it for me, he'll do it for you. Are we willing or are we just going to sit and do we just want to come to church when Pastor Trustin is preaching encouragement? But Pastor, don't be talking about my finances. I don't want something from you. Guys, l- l- real talk. God brought increase this year, not y'all. I'm not up here pandering to givers. I, I, I don't know how to all the way put the words to it without sounding like I'm mad. I'm not. I'm not. I, I, I just have finally understood that it's not about me getting rich people in seats. It's about me just being obedient to what God's going to do, and he's going to open floodgates so far over my capacity that I, that I could ever comprehend or imagine. So, over the next couple weeks, we're going to be teaching on this idea. And I want you to not miss a week. Every time we do a finance, financial topic, which we haven't done in, what, two and a half years? Because I've been sensitive to the climate that we're all in. I haven't taught on it in like two years. Anytime we teach on this, our attendance drops by like 100 the next Sunday. What are you doing with the valves? What, what, what are you doing? I want to read one more verse and then, and then we're going to go. Mark chapter 4, verse 24. It's Jesus. It says, then he added. So if you'll get this, you won't start skipping. Jesus says, pay close attention to what you hear. The closer you listen, the more understanding you will be given. And you will receive even more. more. That if you listen, you're going to understand more. And when you understand more, you're going to receive even more. Verse 25, to those who listen to my teaching, more understanding will be given. But for those who are not listening, even what little understanding they have will be taken away from them. Just like the parable of the silver. The guy who refused to invest, what happened at the end? The thing that he had was taken, was given to somebody else. And so I don't want you to miss out on what God has to say about finances. Listen, I know gas is stupid expensive. I know. I know groceries are going up in price. I know. I know that there's financial uncertainty. I know. But there's no better time for you to lean into God than into man's system. Because God, like my little tank, is about to be empty. Heaven never runs out. God uses gold to pave the streets of heaven. Gold is like dirt to God. I'm serious. It doesn't matter to him. 
We have to be living in his financial system, not just man's financial system, and watch what God will do in your life. More church is going to do great things. Great things. More church is going to reach thousands of teenagers. More church is going to support missions projects all over the world. More church is going to be able to invest and build buildings debt-free. God has big things for more church. The question is, are you going to be a part of it or just sit and watch? I told you the options at the top. I don't know if we build on the 46. I don't know if we find pre-existing structure. I don't know if we go and build a $1.5, $2 million uh, metal building with a parking lot stuff at the 6. I don't know what we do, but it's us that's doing it. And as you say yes, God's going to continue to increase not only his kingdom, but he's going to increase the blessing in your life. Let me pray for us. Father, thank you for loving us. Thank you for caring about us enough to talk about finances in your word. That you don't only talk about easy things, but you talk about difficult things. And Father, we know that you said uh, that it's easier for a wealthy man, <laughs> that it's easier, it's easier for a camel to walk through a tiny gate than it is for a wealthy man to get to heaven. It's not that money is bad, it's just that we want to hold on to it so tightly. And so, Lord, as our world right now is in financial turmoil, I ask that you would begin to speak to your people so that we could put our trust in you, not just our trust in us. And I believe that you have some great, 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 great things in store because we know there's more. Maybe you're here today and say, Pastor, I understand that God's good and I understand that God loves me, but I'm not even in a relationship with him. You know, the Bible says that all of us have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And our sin, it separates us from God. But God loves us so much that he gave first. He gave his one and only son to come and die on a cross in our place. See, sin equals death. So Jesus died so that we didn't have to. And all we have to do is say, God, forgive me my sin and come into my heart and make me new. The Bible says he's faithful and just and he will. So today, maybe you don't know where you'll spend eternity. You just have to ask God to forgive you and he'll make you new. So with every head bowed and every eye closed, if that's you, I'm talking to you today and you want to ask Jesus into your heart. On the count of three, I'd ask that you would just raise your hand and look up at me and we're going to pray a prayer and the Bible says that you will be made new. If that's you on the count of three, raise your hand up. One, two, three. If that's you this morning. Yep, I see you. Yep, I see you in the back. Yep, I see you right over here all over the place. Yep, I see you. Everybody, yep, I see you. Yep. More church, would you pray with me and all our friends that have their hands raised? Everyone pray this prayer out loud. Dear God, forgive me my sins and come into my heart. From this day forward, I'm going to live for you. I believe my best days are still ahead of me because of your love. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, church, would you put your hands together for all those that prayed that prayer with us this morning? Y'all, we're so excited you made that decision because that's the whole reason why we exist. It's the whole reason why we meet together is because we know that God has more for each of us. And it's just the beginning of what he wants to do in your life. I hope you'll stop by the main event. We have friends and leaders there who would love to pray with you. They have a Bible that they want to give you um, and, and let you know what's next in your relationship with the Lord. Before we go today, uh, we're, we need to take a moment, I believe, to be obedient to worship God with our giving. 
that we didn't take an offering at the top and we didn't take it in the slot where we normally do, but because we have this opportunity to learn and to understand, it's so good, Pastor, that the more we understand, that the more we can receive. We want to take a moment now to receive uh, the tithe and offering from the room, but to give you the opportunity now that maybe you understand something different than you did before. And to know that God has more, that the floodgates can open for you in your life when you're obedient to give. And so the ushers are going to pass the buckets, and I know the kids are waiting and all the things, but before we leave, before we move, let's remember to be faithful. Let's remember that uh, God has more and we want to receive it. So they're going to pass the buckets. There's also the boxes. We got the online. They got it. Yeah. Before we pass them. Yeah. You know, the reason that we pass the buckets is not that like a bunch of cash comes in. No, not much. I don't, I don't ever carry cash. Rachel and I, we give online through auto draft so that it's reoccurring right because i want my valve to just turn on no matter how busy my month gets yeah but the reason that we pass the bucket is because it gives us a moment to decide am i going to trust god yeah am i do i have auto draft set up do i have reoccurring am i going to pull out my phone and 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 give and so when the bucket passes it's a reminder that this is a personal thing yeah the message is corporate but there's a moment where the bucket is in your hand or in your spouse's hand are we going to be faithful right. with what God's doing? Yeah, so good. So they're going to pass the buckets yeah. uh, now. Uh, and I'm just going to say a couple more things. Yeah. Because you said we can't miss a week yeah. because there's more understanding. Yeah. So maybe you were sitting there and you were like, I don't understand how this process works. How do I get my junk in order? How do I step into all the more? How do I decide to be people who are obedient and giving? Over the next several weeks, we're going to talk about all those things. And so that's why you got to keep coming back so you can have more understanding. Uh, We're going to continue into the more God has for us as more church. And so, uh, y'all, we got car stickers that you can put on your car. I know, I heard, I heard about it because I hear about it, that some of y'all were like, no, I don't want you putting this sticker on my car. I want to put it in my car myself. That's fine. Go to the store and pick up your car sticker and put it on today. It's free. Yes. But it's not, but it's not free. Oh, tell them. You're right. No, you're right. We gave out a thousand free t-shirts. They weren't free. Yeah. Y'all bought them. <laughs> it's true. Yeah. No, it's true. It's good. Um, we got, we got, Bailey, Bailey, we got so much new merch on order that's coming, y'all. Because y'all be buying it last week. We were trying to get you some more. It'll be here, but the, what? check out the store oh, what we have. I have what? a question. Oh, yeah? I was backstage praying, and then sometimes I jump while I'm back there to get every, ready. Every yeah, Sunday before I come out. Yeah. And did y'all talk about the yard cards? Yeah, we did. Oh, yeah. do y'all already have yard cards? But okay. But I didn't get one last week because I was partying too hard and excited. And I don't think you got one. No, so we're going to get them uh, today. They're at the tent, right? Yeah. And then the invite cards are at the Welcome Center. Y'all, just get all the things. Tell all the people because guess what? There's more. Okay, yeah. everybody stand with us. We're going to do one more thing. Come on, stand up, stand up, stand up, stand up, stand up. God, we thank you for loving us and caring for us. We thank you that you are a God of more, yep. God, not a God of less. Yes. That you are El Shaddai, God of more than enough. That's and right. as we go into our week, Come on. as we walk back into work or school or into our home, be with us. Yes. Be with us. We invite you into our minds, into our hearts to give us favor, to give us wisdom, so we can charge or wait whatever you're speaking. We thank you, Lord. In your name we all said. Amen. Amen. Come on, make a friend, hug a neck, give somebody a high five. That's right, y'all. Love y'all. Love you guys.